A new report gives us an expiration date on the current core of the Pelicans, but why would they need to trade one of Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, or CJ McCollum, and who would it be? And it also hints at what they may do in the draft. It's Monday's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday, and we got a show because a new report came out over the weekend talking about when the Pelicans might blow up this current core. It's related to the CBA. We'll look at why. We'll look at who of the three they may trade, give you the reasons for each one. And then I'm going to tell you, it probably gives us a big hint at what they're going to do in the upcoming draft. What is that, in two weeks from now? So we got a lot to cover. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else comes to you like this completely free, giving you the insight into this team that you want. If you want to support the channel, become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday. Friday, we looked at Chris Paul, looked at how Zion Williamson's recent news may impact his future with the team. It ties into today as well. So make sure you listen every single day. And of course, comment down below on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. So let's get right on into it. The report, and this comes from Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report, who's a bit of a salary cap expert. So this is someone you trust when he comes to talking the financial numbers with the NBA and with teams. And he's got a report out there talking about how the Pelicans need to look towards the future and some of the contracts that are coming up in subsequent years from this one. And here's the quote, and it goes, quote, the numbers add up quickly and there is a this is per source, quote, a 0% chance, end quote, per Pelicans team source, that the franchise can keep this group together as is, perhaps as early as 24-25, but certainly by 25-26. Well, this coming season is 23-24, and then the year after that is 24-25. He thinks that per Pelicans team source, they might start blowing it up as early as that, which gives us one more year of this current team to kind of show what they're capable of doing and either winning a title or the Pelicans going in a bit of a different direction. Maybe if we're being optimistic, it's two more years of the core of Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum. So why is this all of a sudden a thing now? And if you've been, if you are an everyday of locked on Pelicans, it shouldn't necessarily be a thing that surprises you. When I looked at what the Pelicans would do at the NBA trade deadline, I said they're going to just try and shed some salary and I don't see a big move because they have a salary cap crunch, a salary cap concern, a salary cap crisis coming up in the future. I've been talking about this for six plus months. As when you look at the salaries on this team, it gets expensive quickly. And we have no idea if ownership will actually pay the luxury tax. That is an open question. 
And Pincus goes on to say, you know, that while the numbers add up fast based on market size and income level, the Pelicans aren't positioned to lose, say, $100 million a year, along with the extreme punishments that the CBA puts in. And we'll get into that in a second. He says that speaks to the core issue that the NBA wants individual teams to be profitable each year within reason. Sources say the Milwaukee Bucks, a team in a, sim- in a smaller market like the Pelicans, have lost money through the most recent seasons as a contender built around Giannis. That's the price the franchise was willing to pay to win and try and defend its title. But most teams don't go to that level, despite budget, see the Clippers above, and the NBA wants, the, it wants investors to bring money into the league to benefit all parties, including the players. Okay, basically what this says is the Bucks were losing money when they were winning. So why would the Pelicans try and lose money when they're not winning? And I think that is a very telling thing here on how they might operate. These are the unfortunate realities of being in a small market. You're not on the same playing field when you have an owner who's one of the richest in all of sports in Balmer with the Los Angeles Clippers. They're just not going to operate even close to the same. So if the Pelicans are losing money, are they going to want to keep going with this core? Maybe not. So your mandate might come from ownership and the brain trust around ownership. I, look, I hate to I hate to do this and be the bearer of bad news that I don't think Gail Benson is this very nice person, does a lot of very good things out there as we've seen. But let's not pretend that she's just this money bags owner that's throwing things around. Clearly, there are limits to what she's willing to spend or even potentially if you listen to Thursday's show. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the next segment when we look at who do you trade. You know, there are limits to what she will put up with as well. So... If you don't have a top owner in the NBA, there's no reason to say the Pelicans do or don't, but they're not spending like they do. They might get a mandate from ownership to be like, nope, this is too much. You got to break it up and be cheap. Puts us back in, what, 08, 09, trading away Chice and Chandler, 2010, when the team just realized they weren't going to get over the hump and they broke up a really fun team because of that, because it just got too expensive. It's an unfortunate reality to look at. But it's also potentially going to come from the front office and not ownership because with the way the CBA has been redone, and we don't need to get into all the specifics of it, you you can go read that up on your own. And I like looking at it from a big picture here because it's a little bit easier that way. You know, once you get over a certain amount and that's $7 over the luxury tax, you hit something called the apron. And that all of a sudden limits your ability to build a team. And when you get into that area, it becomes extremely, extremely restrictive. Salary you send out has to match or be less than what you bring back uh, for what you bring back. And you have restrictions in the buyout market, probably not really a Pelicans problem anyway. They weren't ever players in all of that. But it makes it just tougher. And you might have the ability to retool by actually spending less money and having access to more avenues to improve the team. So if this is a problem the Pelicans are going to face, whether it's from ownership being cheap, let's call it, or from a team building perspective in the front office thinking the best way to win a title is not by going into the luxury tax and above the apron, it's better to move guys early. It's much less costly to trade guys sooner rather than later. When all of a sudden teams know you're in the luxury tax and you need to dump salary, you lose leverage and they gain leverage in trade negotiations. So it's better to move guys now, particularly when some of them have more years on their contract than they would in a year or two from now. So that's why we'll look at coming up next, who would you trade? 
Zion, Ingram, or McCollum, and we'll lay out the pros and cons for each of those three players because this is something per Eric Pincus and a team source. And look, the team source, probably Griff, Langdon, or someone like that that's maybe trying to apply a little bit of pressure on ownership to spend a little bit more. And I think that's probably the move they're doing here, being like, oh, let's put it out that we got to blow up the team. Fans are going to be upset and yell at Gail Benson to spend more money. Could work. I don't know if that's what you want to do there to upset her, but it's it's certainly an avenue, and that would be my guess. And I don't know at all. I haven't talked to anyone about his report. That would be my guess on what's going on here. So I really do trust this, that there is a 0% chance that the franchise can keep this group Together, especially when you have new contracts for guys like Jonas Valanciunas, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, and others coming up. So who would you trade of the three? Zion, Ingram, or CJ McCollum? Let's look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, life doesn't come with a manual and it's easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need for yourself or when you're going through trouble how do you handle all of that and it's very easy to feel stretched thin and burnt out and feel like you have just no idea what to do those moments happen they happen to me and I've benefited from therapy myself I've used better help myself actually to help me just kind of get through those moments to learn more about yourself to become more self-aware or just bounce some ideas off someone to try and improve your life so if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule you just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge so find more balance with better help visit betterhelp.com slash locked on mba to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash locked on nba 10 percent off your first month definitely give it a try And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're coming to you Monday through Friday like no one else does, looking at the big picture items around this team, giving you draft profiles. We're going to do the community mock draft this week. We're going to have talk about trading up, trading down, sleepers in the draft, and then we get right into free agency. So you want to be coming every day and never miss an episode. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Listen Monday through Friday and comment down below on YouTube. So today we're looking at the report that kind of gives us an expiration date on this current iteration of the Pelicans, which means a trade for, sorry, one of Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, or CJ McCollum is coming. So let's go through them one by one and look at why you might do this or might not. Let's start with Zion. You only make this trade if you're sick of him. If you're just sick of the, it's always something on court, off court, whatever it might be. I looked at this on Thursday. I do think Gail Benson is a little bit fed up. And I think the sex thing and the the porn stars only fan, all that. And I'm not judging Zion. Dude, dude, date, see, do whatever with whomever you want. No problem with that at all. I think Gail Benson feels differently. She has a thing with this stuff. You know, if you remember the, the dance team went away for a little bit and it was because Gail Benson thought they showed too much skin and kind of danced too suggestively. And so she got rid of it. Think about that and kind of put it in the context. I think that's even different than the Saints going after Deshaun Watson and this. I'm sure she doesn't like hearing the specifics about Zion Williamson's sex life. 
if you're not fed up with him, you don't trade him. You know, even if you are, the the possibility that they move him is less than 1%, maybe it's just 1%. They're clearly catering to him. They're they're restructuring the training staff, the player care and performance team to make him happy. And when you're looking at it in terms of contracts, his extension kicks in this year and it's a five-year deal. You have the most time with Zion Williamson. That's probably even just based on the contract, the one that you want to build around. So he's not getting moved. Brandon Ingram, more likely than Zion, but probably not the guy that you move. He's got two more years left and he's extension eligible now, but he's not going to sign an extension, even though the Pelicans should be trying to offer him and get him to sign immediately. He has the ability to earn a super max, 35% of the cap, and get a bigger payday the later he waits as the salary cap keeps going up over the next couple of years. So he's likely not going to sign an extension. So if you're worried about what might happen in two years and him potentially leaving for nothing, you would look to explore trading him right now. Trading a guy with two years left on his deal is much more valuable. You have way more leverage with other teams than if it's just one and they're like, well, he's going to walk and just sign with us in free agency and you'll get nothing in return. So you at least think about it. He's going to cost a lot, particularly if he makes all NBA, but you really want to trade away a guy who makes all NBA, who is a very productive player who's shown up in the postseason for the New Orleans Pelicans. The only way you do this is if you get a better player or just feel the internal financials can't sustain it. You're likely not going to get a better player in a deal, and it also keeps you in the same financial crunch unless you move someone else. And if your internal financials can't sustain it, look, at that point, just sell the team. There's, there's issues if that happens. If Gail Benson tomorrow is like, I can't afford this anymore. I don't want to pay. I'm going to sell the team. That opens a way bigger and worse can of worms than Gail Benson being the owner. But at that point, I mean, it kind of just says a lot about who cares. You're never going to win a title if that's how ownership is acting because their internal financials can't handle it. It's just the reality of the situation with that. It's not fun to talk about. I don't like being the messenger of bad news here. But basically, you do this if the right deal comes along or if you're like, we can't keep losing money and we can easily trade Brandon Ingram and we can't easily trade a guy like CJ McCollum because that's the other option here. And look, it's just the reality of the situation. I like CJ. I think he adds a lot to the team. I actually think his last season while down and not what we would have hoped wasn't that bad. But certainly of the three, I mean, that, that's who you're moving. You know, he's the oldest out of that group. His contract declines annually, which makes it a little bit easier to move. So he makes less and less money every year, thus giving you more room against a rising salary cap there. So that contract looks more and more attractive to other teams. And you also have guys that can kind of replicate his skill set. Trey Murphy's a shooter. So if you have CJ there to work off ball and be a shooter, we got guys that can do that. You know, hopefully Herb Jones can develop more of a three-point shot too where they draft someone and that gets into what we'll get into in the next segment coming up. But I still want to look at CJ here. You know, do they need, we looked at this with Chris Paul. I said, you don't need Chris Paul because you don't need a true point because other players handle the ball. I think they wanted to bring CJ in and see if he could be a true point guard. And we saw that does not work. So part of the reason you brought him in is a little bit of a failure. So 
it makes sense that you might try and then move him. You're going to maybe need to attach a pick or use other assets to do it, but that's the reality of it. And the sooner you do that, the fewer assets you need to assign to him. The other thing is to consider when he gets into the final second or third year of that deal, it does still be it's still pretty easy to move. I'm going to find his extension here and I should have pulled this up ahead of time. But, you know, 30 million on a big rising salary cap as an almost expiring deal, that's not the worst thing that teams are going to want to take a chance on for a guy that, you know, while we say he's older, he's, he's 31, he'll be 32 next season. It's not like he's 37 years old or something like that. You know, he makes 35 million next year, 35.8, then it's 33.3, then in the final year of the deal, it's 30.666. That's a tradable contract will be one, two, three, four, 35 at 30 million for a guy that could still be a sharpshooter in the league. That that's going to be like no money at all. That's going to be a fine contract and a contract that's easily tradable. So when you look at players that could get moved in the future, CJ and his deal, given what he would give you in terms of production, it's the obvious answer. I think they're going to look to do this sooner rather than later. And you can sell teams on. We gave him the extension. Now it's based off of, you know, the current, salary cap or previous salary cap. So it's not this insane number. You know, he's not making 45, 50 million. Like you're going to start seeing players make that looks very attractive. I think to NBA teams that want to add a veteran presence of voice. And we've seen that he can be really good when it comes to all of that. And the Pelicans have replacements. So no, you're not trading Zion unless you're just fully fed up. You're not trading BI unless an amazing deal comes along. And I just don't see that happening. And it leaves CJ as the guy of the big three, the core three that's probably going to be gone and Pincus in the article even says that maybe need to look at trading CJ McCollum sooner rather than later so the CBA stuff paints like a dour picture doesn't it? it's kind of sad but it's not all sad the other thing that this does is it probably gives us a little bit of insight into what the Pelicans want to do in the draft and what they'll do with the 14th overall pick and I think there's two ways they go about this and I'll explain what those two ways are, and we'll talk more about this this week and next week, too. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's the finals tonight, not Sunday night, and every day of the NBA finals, one Prize Pick user will receive a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern will randomly be selected each day, and whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. Six correct picks, $1 million. Five correct picks, 80000 Four correct picks, $16,000. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million, and you must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million-dollar entry. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. The way you pay prize picks is you pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You pick more or less than the numbers you see. You're not playing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and they also offer safe and fast withdrawals. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com, sign up, and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget, enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making 
Locked On Pelicans, your first listen today and every day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're here Monday through Friday, becoming every day. We cover the big picture, everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. More draft coverage, free agents, targets, and all of that on the way. Never miss an episode if you're an every day. So we're going to wrap up today's show talking about the salary cap crunch here. We just went over what the situation is, the salary cap crisis that the Pelicans are in or going to be in. Something I've been talking about for six plus months going back to February in the trade deadline. And we looked at, you can trade Zion, CJ, or Ingram, it's CJ. But it also gives us probably an idea of what the Pelicans want to do in the draft. So you heard me say in the Zion show on Thursday, and one of the reasons why I wanted to do that show is I think this team's really high on Scoot Henderson. And while you have him in a very different tier than Victor Wimbenyama, I think they feel he can become an all-NBA guy and a future star in the league. I think a lot of people around the league feel that way. The second point guard in the league, Amin Thompson, you know, normally when you have like two point guards or two, two shooting guards, two small forwards, two of the same position near the top of the draft, someone writes some article or it becomes leaked that, hey, this team likes the second guy better than the first. You have heard zero of that. There is a clear consensus around the league and from everyone who covers the league that Scoot Henderson is the second best prospect in the draft. It might not go to because of a positional overlap with Charlotte, but it's very clear that there's not another point guard out there that even comes close to him. So that says something, I think, about his potential in the NBA and what people who do this for a living think about him. And if the Pelicans feel that way, I think they would love to draft Scoot Henderson. I think they would love to draft Scoot Henderson. So if you're looking at trading these guys, and Ingram would be the most likely out of all of these, could you trade him to Charlotte, avoid the salary cap situation, and get a guy that's basically the replacement for him in the future? You have five years of Zion. You have Scoot for seven, eight, basically, with the rookie deals and then the rookie extensions before they can even think about trying to force their way out. You know, Zion at this point, if he follows through on the nine-year deal, on the five-year contract would be nine years, so you might have Scoot for nine. Gives you a lot of stability going forward. And you're not in the luxury tax, you're not worrying about it, and you can probably still compete and still win. Look at what the Oklahoma City Thunder have kind of done with one established guy in Shea Gilgis-Alexander and hitting on a number of other draft picks. You throw in Trey Murphy and an extension for him and him blossoming into a quality starter and whoever else they can find and develop, whether it's Jose, Herb, others, Dyson Daniels, don't forget about him. I think they would feel really good about that. And so it resets your salary cap situation and kind of adds more long-term sustainability, even if you take a hit in terms of competitiveness in the short term. You wouldn't be able to trade CJ for that second overall pick. So if you're not trading Brandon Ingram, you're not getting the second overall pick or even third, and you're not getting Scoot Henderson. So what are the Pelicans going to then look to do at 14? So that's me saying I think they want to try and trade up to get to number two in some fashion. Doesn't mean that it's realistic or going to happen or that they're making serious deals and offers for that. But that's my guess, let's call it, my read on the situation. If they can't do that and it's a long shot at best, then what? 
I think that's where you look at some of the guys that they've been bringing in, some of the names we've been seeing that they've been working out, and you start to see the profile of a guy. I did a show Wednesday, I forget what day of the week it was, last week where we looked at the four most intriguing prospects in the draft. There's a couple of names in there that are kind of boom or bust type of players. Guys who might have a ceiling of being an all-star or an all-NBA player, but also have a floor of like, this guy's not going to do anything in the league if it doesn't go right. If the Pelicans are looking to replace stars, you replace stars with guys who could become stars, not just solid NBA players. I used Keegan Murray last year as an example, taking fourth or fifth. And you looked at him and you're like, this guy's never going to be an all-star in the NBA, but he's going to be a very good player. But he's never going to be an all-star. Okay, if you don't need him to replace an all-star and you have two in De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis on the Kings, that's a great pick. If you're going to trade one of them away, you're then not going to replace him with Keegan Murray. You need to replace him with someone else. Well, if you're going to trade one of Zion, Ingram, or CJ away, you need to have your replacements ready. They kind of have one in Trey Murphy. Depends to be seen about Dyson Daniels. I don't know if he has all-star potential, but I think he can become a very good two-way player. But maybe you go for kind of the boomer bust prospect at 14. Doesn't work out. It's the 14th overall pick. Who really cares? Is that a guy like Maxwell Lewis? Is that a guy like Leonard Miller? And it could be one of those names. And so that's, I think, the direction the Pelicans might go. I mean, looking towards the future and going, we're taking a real raw developmental guy that we will develop. And if it works out with him, we've got another all-star and we look like geniuses and it adds that sustainability. And no one will then care if we lose CJ McCollum or Brandon Ingram because we have this guy ready to go. And I think the salary cap situation gives you an idea of what they're going to try and do in the draft. And I say what they're going to do in the draft because given the salary cap stuff, they're not going to probably trade the pick. They're probably not going to trade the pick and go into the luxury tax in any deal you look at. I put Chris Stapps Porzingis in the headline here and make it easy on myself, get tons of views. It's not likely going to happen because of this. They're more likely to keep this pick because, well, you get a guy on that cheap rookie deal who's going to be a replacement for one in the future and you start building sustainability that way. And the Pelicans have already started that. And that's the direction I think they're still going to go. So let me know in the comments down below, who would you trade, Zion, B.I., or McCollum? It's fairly obvious, right? So tomorrow, more on the draft, more on the team, hopefully no more on Zion for a little bit. That's what we're going to look at in tomorrow's show and the rest of the week. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with y'all tomorrow.